This is Mom Squad Pod, your weekly update on tips, tricks, and all things parenting with Maureen Kyle. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Mom Squad Pod, where we talk all things parenting. And today's topic, I don't know any parent that doesn't do this. We're talking about adding stress. What is the added stress in your life? Opposed from all the other things that we, you know, we have to stress about, you know, Mm -hmm. like paying the bills and making sure everybody's happy and healthy. But what are the things that we're adding to our lives that are just unnecessary that maybe we can cut out or tweak or what are we doing that we don't even realize? And joining me today is the lovely Holly Strano, who we talk about uh, pretty much every morning about the added stress that we put in our lives between kids, family, home, everything. Yes. And... I mean, when I say added stress, can you, in your mind, immediately think of the things that maybe you put on yourself mm-hmm. that is just like, why do I stress about that? Absolutely. I'll give you one that's so silly. Uh-huh. Making my kids' beds. Because, <laughs> yes. I'm no, I mean, so there's a Nobody, lot. I'm laughing because it makes so much sense. Yes. Uh, I will stress about that because I like the house a certain way, and my kids are certainly at ages that they can take care of that as mm-hmm. a chore, and I could close the door and take that away from myself. True. And I don't. True. I don't. You, we, so I'm, we're and I'm gonna, a pleaser, so I'm going to throw that out there. I like things a certain way. I that want them to be okay. It's definitely a stress. Mm-hmm. The, the saying yes. I've heard, talked to psychologists before about um, learning how to say no right. in certain ways of your life. So that was actually one of my motivations in doing this podcast because I'm like, what am I constantly saying yes to, even if it's just to myself, right. where I should be saying no. And cleaning actually is a big topic that you're going to hear. We have um, Dr. Susan Albers from the Cleveland Clinic coming up in a minute because I ask her about all of this. But um, what my immediate thought when I'm thinking about added stress, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, my, my house is in upheaval. I don't really talk about it a lot, but um, I will probably start to talk about it more. We've been undergoing renovations. Yeah. And everybody always does house projects where one room is moved into a different room or maybe you're redoing a space. And especially in the winter, spring cleaning time, I'm looking at that that pantry or that closet and I'm and it's stressing me out Monday through Friday when I have all the other responsibilities in my life but I'll stress mm-hmm. about why is my pantry not like the one I saw on Pinterest and why do not I not have everything labeled and actually I do have most of my pantry labeled but the parts that aren't are stressing me out as I go throughout the day and I'm like well I have to make dinner and I have to organize this closet no I don't right do I no. I don't know well from the outside, I can say no, but if, mm-hmm. if it's me talking to you, I do the same thing. Yeah. We're very much alike in that way. I think we like, we have a certain peace to us where right. our home feels peaceful. Mm-hmm. So when it's in disarray in any way, and, and the closet thing, I'm laughing as you're telling your story because the other day I walked into my bedroom, was in the closet, I'm like, you know what, I need to get all matching hangers. It would just yeah. be much better if I had matching hangers. This right. is just a mess. And it's the little things or the kids' closets where mm-hmm. the clothes are on the floor of the closet as opposed to being hung up because they've tried on three or four or five things right. before leaving the house. Mm-hmm. And my daughter's driving now, so this is new to me. And I don't know that I'd call it unnecessary stress, but I'm stressing every day until she gets to school or to a practice and I'm adding that to it. So it's just, it's, I feel like it's never ending. And I think that if I could take away things like making a bed, Mm -hmm. yeah, it might just help. Well, and I know you, and you and I also talk about, um, Ina Garten, you know, barefoot Contessa, but following some of these, um, these 
Instagram accounts where there is, you know, great recipes and then you're thinking, oh, I, I want to make this for dinner, but really you only have 30 minutes. Right. And then I f I'll feel bad if my kids are eating like the plainest of plain meals Monday through Friday because I'm just trying to get food on the table rather than make something gourmet. So then social media, I mean, we're going to talk about more about that in, in just a minute, but do you follow certain accounts that you, you that you want to be like, but then yes. they kind of make you feel bad. Absolutely, yes. And and I think that I don't. Ina is one of them, <laughs> yes. and I love her. I love. Yeah, and, I, and love. I think that she really does live that way. But the reality is, is I can't. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. You know. Yeah. I, I just can't pull that off right now in my life. Right. Where I'm at. Right. And yeah. And in my mind, and I try to put together these Ina dinners just like you do. And in my head, I think I'm just in these ruts with the kids. I want them to have the best. But yes. I, in reality, I'm cooking two different dinners because my son doesn't uh, eat vegetables or fruit to this day. <laughs> and we've talked about that. Yeah. And I'm serving his stuff up on a platter, quite literally, to make it look nice and try to be different with my chicken uh, and potatoes and starches that he's eating, where my daughter is, you know, sushi and all yeah. that stuff. So it's just... It, it is never ending. I think you have to get to a point where you say it's this is okay, right? And you the give yourself a break. And the expectations too. Mm -hmm. Like when I think of um, some of the foodie blogs or some of the Food Network type of chefs, where the place setting is then perfect. Yeah. Too. It's not just they made a gourmet meal. You know, there's matching napkins to the you know to the right. flowers that are. And so when I'm imagining, ooh, I want to make this meal, and then I'm imagining the entire experience, you know, it, it's sort of that what you have in your mind never comes out in reality. And this is what I was going to say to that. Maureen, I've, I've gone there. <laughs> <laughs> I have set the table. I have lit candles for the kids. I've built this up in my mind. Like we are going to have the most Ina Betty Crocker right. <laughs> moment and they don't even notice. Uh -huh. And I'm so disappointed. Right. I'm right. thinking that was so much energy that I just literally threw into a five-minute experience with mm -hmm. them because they have so much homework and practices to get to. Yeah, and and I'm going to talk about this topic too with with Dr. Albers, but our parents didn't live like this, and our grandparents. I mean, I think of my grandma; she always cooked everything from scratch, mm -hmm. which was that generation. But she didn't work, and her job. You know, mm -hmm. as, especially back in the 50s, 60s, and into the grandmas. 70s, yeah. was was the home life, and so so the uh, meals that we're passing down and the experiences that maybe we saw as kids are not the reality of today's society. Right, we're working, we're working, we're not we're sleeping, we're juggling. There's kids are. <sighs> Kids are starting travel soccer at age six, you know, so no. nobody did well, that and that's back the then. other thing is we didn't do all that. No. We didn't. I mean, there might have been uh, activity here or there, but it's very different. I think we're overscheduled, but yeah. we're not going to change that. It's the way the world's going. Yeah. So things are very, very different. And yeah. keeping up with the kids is another stress. Oh, my gosh. Just in their schedules. And then I try to have calendars. And yes. I don't know if you do this. And I have, and I've tried to organize my life and be so organized, but... Sometimes I just take that dry erase board and erase the whole thing. Like, you know what? We're going to go day by day yeah. at this point. So we, we've done a lot of complaining that maybe you can <laughs> understand and, and relate to. So the question is, how do we fix it? Or how do we realize what's important, what's not important, and separate that? So that's what I talked to Dr. Susan Albers with. Here's, here's a part of our interview. Do we put unnecessary stress on ourselves? Or do you think that this is societal? I think it's both. 
as parents, we put a lot of expectations on ourselves, And part of it we see from role models around us, from social media, from, from news clips, from TV shows. It kind of sets the expectation really high, and particularly from social media. We look and scroll through pictures, and we see everyone looking perfect, and lunch is packed, and things ready to go. No one is yelling at each other in the car. No one is slamming doors. We don't see behind the scenes. So oftentimes, when we are looking at social media, we can compare ourselves and start to think, what am I doing wrong? And unfortunately, we are not talking with other parents about the reality of what's going on behind the scenes. And I feel like it's funny, even just yesterday, I was talking to a neighbor and we were talking about how um, just when you walk into the house, the first thing you see is just shoes and book bags and clutter and it stresses me out. But then I thought, and I even asked her, I go, did anybody walk in your house today? And she said, no. <laughs> she said, yeah, same with me. So why am I stressing about this? But we also, I mean, the, the clutter, the chaos does start to stress us out, right? I mean, this is not unfounded. This is not just pressure that we're putting on ourselves. There is some science behind it, correct? Clutter impacts not only ourselves, but our relationships. We spend approximately 55 minutes every day looking for things. And that causes a lot of stress in our lives. Research has shown that people who have cluttered houses actually have higher levels of cortisol. So what is cortisol? Cortisol is that stress hormone that puts us into the fight or flight mode. So if you walk into your house and it's very cluttered, what ends up happening is that we start to feel stressed. And our external environment often mimics what's happening on the inside. So if your house is really cluttered right now, it's a good time to take a pause moment to reevaluate, where are you? Are you feeling really stressed? Is that adding to your stress level? And there's a, a study, there's a study that looked at five minutes, just five minutes of cleaning off your desk increases your productivity by about 60%. So what wow. a great investment in terms yeah. of reducing your stress level and your family's <laughs> stress level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk even, I know you have a couple of points that you think we should be focusing on. Um, but let's start too with the perfectionism, because I think the perfectionism that, that most people feel, and, and I don't feel like our grandparents or even our parents had this, this added unnecessary stress because they didn't have Instagram and Facebook and, um, and my, my grandma, I mean, I even asked her a couple of times, she never wanted to work. And so now we're balancing careers and family and home. And we're adding as a generation so much stress and perfectionism. Um, where are the pitfalls in that? And where do you think that's stemming from? There's recent research that has looked at social media. And for people who are on social media more than five hours a day, they are three times more likely to be depressed. And between two to five hours, twice as likely to be depressed. So there's something going on in terms of our social media use. Now, I'm not saying that social media is all bad because I like it. We're all on it. We use it in a positive way to connect with people, to get information. The downside becomes when it becomes our standard or we look at it as this is what we need to emulate and compare ourselves. At the real heart of it, 
what causes depression, anxiety, and stress is when we start to compare ourselves to the images that we see. And that's when things start to take a turn for the worse. We know that a lot of it is staged, but deep in our heart, we start to think, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not smiling all the time? We look at our social media before we even put our feet on the floor in the morning. And it's the last thing that we say goodnight to. Mm-hmm. So it has a huge impact on our mental health and our way that we look at ourselves. It kind of serves as our mirror for, for our lives. And we have to be careful with that mirror because it can be like a funhouse mirror in, right. in creating a very skewed picture of ourselves. Yeah. And even part of me, look, I follow certain people, I follow certain accounts because it's what I want to aspire to. You know, yeah. I, I follow certain um, organization accounts on Instagram or um, diet and fitness people, you know, influencers. Like I, I, I fall yeah. into the, the, the traps <laughs> because I'm like, well, I want to know what they're cooking. I want to know how to get those apps. So when I'm, when I'm setting that goal and I'm saying, I want to be like that, but I, you know, what kind of time do I have during the day? Or like, I, I'm not looking like that, or my bedroom isn't looking that organized. Um, is that, is that, is there a way to think about that? Is there a way to approach a goal and not put that added pressure that makes us feel bad about ourselves? Is, is that even achievable? I love the word that you just used, inspired. So when you are scrolling through your feed, Notice and be mindful of how the posts impact you. How do they make you feel? There are certain posts that are going to inspire you to say, I want to make this for dinner. I want to look like this. I want to, you know, do all of these things and give you some education about how to do them. And then there are other posts as you're scrolling that all of a sudden you kind of feel like gut feeling like, ah, you know, those are the ones that maybe we need to scroll past or unfollow. So I think it's really paying attention to how do those posts make you feel? And a lot, a lot of times that they can become invisible in terms of our reaction. And when we bring them to the surface and really pay attention to them, that's when we know, oh, this is not good for us, or this is great. This helps to inspire me to be the best version of myself. Another key tip is to be curious, not critical. So being curious of, of you know, how does this person do this? How can they fit into their life? How can I fit it into my life? Is it possible? Instead of the critical voice in our head that pops out and says, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing enough. And really takes it down a notch, our our self-esteem. It's interesting you bring that up because I also think to myself, I think to very close friends who I adore, some people are motivated by competition. And that's not always my motivator, but sometimes I'm like, well, they're doing that. And so, you know, and it's almost like that negative um, beating up on myself of I should be able to do that too. And then I get competitive and, and and it's not that I'm competitive with that person or that influencer or that, you know, wherever I'm seeing magazine, whatever, but it's almost like competitive with myself, but sometimes it does stem from negative feelings. Um, So now I'm wondering, is that okay? I mean, can I be competitive with myself, but basing it on somebody else? Yeah, I, I like what you're saying about be the most mindful version of yourself. Be the, mo- the best version of you, not the version of them, but the version of you. And I think that you can use that in a motivating way. You know, competition, it does 
push us to be our best in a lot of ways. Where we fall short is when we put our expectations very high and we are not even close to meeting them. So know where you're at and try and just do a little bit better. You know, you don't have to meet this goal line and feel always unsatisfied by having difficulty meeting it, but be realistic about where you're at and what your strengths are. I love, before we started recording, you also mentioned food guilt, which I think a lot of people do feel, and then they start to feel bad about themselves. Talk to me about um, where does that food guilt stem from, like as an unnecessary stress, and then where we spiral? I work with a lot of men and women who deal with food guilt and a lot of food issues. So this is a concept that I hear about each and every day. The intense amount of stress, anxiety, and depression that is prompted by food guilt. So in part, it comes from our diet culture, our world. When we talk about food, we often talk about it in almost shaming terms of I've been good today or I've been bad. And so my main message to my clients and to people who want to change their relationship with food or move food guilt out of the way is to focus on taking out those terms, changing the language that you talk about food, that food just is food, that we, there is no food police. We are not good or bad for eating certain foods. There are times that we do overeat and that's going to happen. What we need to do is take it as a learning lesson instead of beating ourselves up for it of saying, okay, what triggered me to overeat in this situation? What prompted it? And being curious and not critical, again, it helps us to make those decisions for the future. But food guilt sucks up so much time and energy from people's day. When they have a misstep with food, it can make or break their entire day and change the whole trajectory of how it goes. And that's, we just don't need that because food gives us nourishment. We want to enjoy food and we, we don't need that in our lives. Food. Oh my gosh. Holly, how many times do we sit there in the mornings and we talk about, oh my gosh, I ate so much chocolate last night. Now I feel bad about myself. Right. And I'm going to (laughs) wake up and not fit in that suit that I put out the night before. She, the, a couple things really stuck out to me there. Mm-hmm. Curious, not critical. Yes. That's really Don't good. Don't you like that phrase? Yeah. That's really, really good, especially for the scrolling that we do mm-hmm. on social media. Because I, I agree with you, just like you, I have influencers that I follow, and I, I don't think it's a negative thing necessarily, but curious versus critical. Yes. Or competitive. With ourselves. Yeah. 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 To I be think, like, okay, how are they doing that? And can I do that? Mm-hmm. Can I try it? Right. But not, oh my gosh, I'm not I, that. I failed. And so I'm a failure in life. And yes. and your your blood starts boiling. Right. And the other thing that really stuck out to me was when she just said uh, beating ourselves up because I was already getting the vibe from watching her. We're so hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think both of us are guilty of this. Yeah. I'm so hard on me. And so if it's peanut M&Ms before I go to bed or whatever, <laughs> I'm so hard on me and I will beat myself up. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing good that comes out of that. No. You know, like she's, I love that she said there's no food police. I was like, well, thank goodness. Yeah. They'd be in my house every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But I mean, it goes hand in hand too. When you think about it, because especially we're coming off of the new year by now, your goal is probably, or your resolution is out the window. Not that your goal isn't, your goal is probably the still there. there. Yeah. But the routine or I'm going to try, you know, keto. 
and I'm going keto on everything. And that, I mean, oh gosh, my husband was one of those that like, I'm going to make my food every day and I'm going to make these like Buddha bowls that are healthy. And that lasted a week right? because it's hard to achieve the perfectionism that people put out on social media. I mean, you think of these influencers too. They are, that's their job. I was just going to say, that's what they're doing. That's, period. That's, that might not be their reality. Right. But they are making a living out of um, posting maybe fabricated pictures, or maybe they've worked all week to create this uh, picture of, look what meals I prepared for, you know, and it, they make it look like they did it in an hour, but maybe it took, you know, a whole day to prepare right, that. to make that post that you're looking at and yeah. beating yourself up about. Right. No, I mean, I, I think that there's so much awesome information in uh, everything that that she said there and I feel like just as people <laughs> that live in the generation that we do um, we are so guilty of beating ourselves up and you mentioned keto and, and Mark your husband yeah. and I think we all go through those phases and there's nothing wrong with you know oh I'm not I'm, I'm gonna have dry January or I'm gonna right. um, you know be making meals with only vegetables and I'm cutting out when we did the thing with Hoda where yeah, she challenged we're, us we only ate vegetables and, we, and meat for 10 days and it was fine and we did it but if you don't do it it's fine too right I think that that's the problem is mm-hmm. that we put these expectations in our heads so high we, we just we hold ourselves to such a standard of perfectionism because social media has made us believe that there is perfect right but the reality is is there is not there is not there is not perfect and maybe somebody's strength is having six-pack abs but you know some (laughs) other aspect maybe their closet is a mess who knows (laughs) you got to keep that in mind I do love what she said though at the beginning Mm -hmm. and this reminded me of you and me and you're talking about book bags which I laugh because I do the same thing like clear out this hallway right and then who was in my house nobody no one me and the kids right um but what she said though about the clutter in a home because it makes sense I am at peace so I might still be making beds I don't know if I can close the door and have peace right I just but I do like the clutter free and Mm -hmm. so I do strive for that yeah so that might be a necessary stress that might be for me is making sure that you are organized and I do struggle with that thinking okay well if my closet is organized then it's an easier get out the door process for sure and I'm going to feel more at peace so that that can be one of those things that she when we talked about aspiring to something yes just it's something, it's a goal. It's something to work towards. It's not something to beat yourself up about if it's not done within an hour and absolutely perfect. Agreed. But I think that, that her point of the clutter adding, and we went on, I mean, we talked a oh. lot more and she talked about the cleanliness and clutter adding to stress even more. So maybe that is something you add into your routine. And, and <laughs> it's funny, I, I told her too, I mean, everybody's listening to the Encanto soundtrack. And I don't know if you have as much as I have because my three-year-old yeah. loves it. But there's a song about pressure and, and the older sister having the pressure of being the responsible one in the family and having um, all of the family burdens put on her. I, I told Dr. Albers, I told her, I was like, that is a whole other podcast because that is a necessary stress. That yeah. is something that, that um, you know, when you start to get into family dynamics, that is not like, oh, I should clean out my closet versus I'm taking care of a, a sickly elderly member of the family or, you know, the kids are having issues. 
But it led us into another aspect that she says a lot of people stress out about, and that is the what ifs. And oh. weren't we, we were just talking this morning during commercial breaks uh. about, you know, we get on airplanes and we're like, okay, this airplane, it's going down. <laughs> I'm going to die. This is it. You know, like any sort of turbulence, I am sweating because she said it's human nature to worry about the what ifs in life and you go to the worst case scenario in your mind. And why do we? Because Gosh. she says it, it's, it is human nature to prepare yourself for the worst. That you just, it's kind of it, like it's fight or human. flight. Fight or flight. You, you need to wrap your mind around what could be the worst thing that could happen so that you prepare yourself. And then come back here. But then <laughs> Dial it back. she said the, the best thing is think about what is possible, probable and not possible. So when you think of like, the, they always say you're more, no, this, I don't know, more likely to be in a car accident. I don't know if we want to talk about that, but, no, like but the, I, no, you're when right. you're getting on a plane and you're like, oh gosh, this is definitely, you know, going to crash, but you're more likely to get into a car accident than and the, a and, plane And crash. chances are you don't think about that every right. day because we're getting in our cars daily. Yes. We're just not getting in airplanes every yes. day, you and I anyway. Right. So for us, that's a little more of a what if yes. crazy right. <laughs> compared to getting in our car every morning for work. And uh, chances are we, we really could. And <laughs> I've worked here now going on 15 years yeah. and um, every morning and I've gotten into my car or five days a week at least. Yeah. I've gotten into my car and I've gotten home and I have not gotten into a car accident once. I'm with so, you. I have been, it'll be 20 years in oh March. And so like, same thing. Right. So you got to think so about it because I, I every morning, stress about that, especially so on ironic. these icy mornings, don't you think, oh gosh, okay, no. now I'm going to crash the nope. car, blah, blah, blah. Nope. And it's like, well, no, we've been doing this for so long. So, so just putting that frame, I mean, it can definitely happen. But most likely, you're going to get to and from safely. And it's, your kids are going to be just fine. Right. It's, it's, I feel like for all of you listening, too, whatever it is that you do for a living probably adds. So I know for us, I mean, yeah. we definitely deliver a lot of stories that could be a little stressful. Mm -hmm. I find myself sometimes hearing about a sick child or adult, and I'm immediately Googling symptoms. Yes. And then, oh, I must have this. Or is Grady and Jessica yeah. okay? And uh, it that's another area that, you know, I, I think we need to learn. We have to almost put up a stop sign in our brain. Right. It's like, stop. Yes. This is this is not logical or practical. Yeah. And that's one of the things she recommends. The other thing, the last thing I told her, hey, is there anything else we need to know about, you know, getting rid of stress in our lives? And her recommendation, so this is the prescription for how to, how to Wait, be a little bit happier. On. I am really listening. And guess what? We're doing it right now. She says that it helps to rely on your friends and, and just verbalize the stress or the way that you're feeling and saying, gosh, I just feel so stressed out that my house is cluttered. And then when you tell me, well, my house is cluttered too, she says that's helpful. Yeah, the I, the I, more we admit like, gosh, this is stressful in my life. And then knowing that somebody else is going through the same thing, it normalizes what reality is was was the message I was yeah. getting from her. When you tell me that your pantry isn't as organized isn't organized perfectly, then I'm like, okay, well that's the norm, not the person on Instagram who has compartments you know, and labels. Right. Who worked on that for a year. <laughs> it's so, so true. Yeah. It really is true. And and I feel better. I mean on a daily basis talking to you mm -hmm. and during commercials because we do a lot of this kind of sharing. Yeah. And it does make you feel like you're not alone and you're not the only one. And, right. you know, you're not the idiot that's got a cluttered house and book bags on the floor <laughs> and a, not an Ina dinner. Right. Most nights and things like that. So it's important to yeah. kind of reel it in maybe is mm -hmm. the way to 
Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, even this is helping me talking <laughs> and I hope on this podcast, anybody listening out there, I'm going to let you in on our little secret that we talk about is how many like chocolate chips we just eat mm-hmm. <laughs> for dinner right. instead of instead actually, of food, something healthy. Because I'm trying to rifle healthy things to my children I'm right. at the sink eating ice cream with chocolate chips right. on top. Right. We all do it. So don't be guilty. No food police. No, no. But anyway, Holly, it was so great to have you oh, join us. You and and it's, it was just perfect because this is what we talk about all the time. So yeah. I, I hope all of you listening got a little glimpse into what Holly and I are talking about during the commercial breaks. <laughs> and hopefully this helps you reframe some of your stress. I know we're not going to ever take away the stress, but what Dr. Susan Albers had to say, I hope it just helps reframe how you approach your day, how you approach your life, and some of those projects and goals that you have. For sure. So thanks for joining us on the Mom Squad Pod. We'll see you right back here next time. Thanks for listening to Mom Squad Pod with Maureen Kyle from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.